guys, Princess here, and welcome to yet another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, I regret to inform you, you guys may not know about this, um, this is really serious, so like, maybe you want to sit down. I regret to inform you that it's the beginning of a league of our own. That is not Gina Davis and old people makeup. Like, just take a breath. Because when I realized this, it fucked up my whole fucking day, guys. And, and I'm sure there are other people who did not know this. So I listened to a podcast called You Are Good. That's a terrible name for a podcast, to be honest. But I love the people who make it. Couldn't tell you their names. But... <laughs> I love what they give me. I really enjoy the way they talk about <clears throat> music, not music, goodness gracious, princess, movies. And um, they talk about movies in a really like uh, introspective way. And they started off being called Why Are Dads? But then some really dumb people got them to change their, their podcast name. Why Are Dads was a fine podcast name it was fine but people were like is it about dads i'm not a dad can i watch read the description of the fucking podcast man <laughs> but because they got so much feedback like that they changed the name and they changed it to you are good and there's a really good reason there's like a long detail but i don't like the podcast name now whatever i still like the podcast but anyway they're going through um movies and they went through a league of their own this week and I was and I was listening to it and I really like a league of their own it's very nostalgic for me not because I played in the women's league <laughs> during world war ii but because the movie's nostalgic to me because it came out when I was a teenager and I've watched it a million times um it's not just the performances of Gina Davis and Tom Hanks it is also the dialogue of like Taylor Leone is, is in this movie Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Madonna's really great in this movie. Um, I forget her name, but the chick who plays Evelyn plays, uh, plays Monk's first assistant or Monk. Like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking great cast. And it's not even just in the big moments. There are so many small moments. Like when Tom Hanks picks up, um, uh, Kit and, throw and like throws her in a bucket of water or whatever there is a there is a setup where the camera is looking down the hallway as they turn into the place and you get so much little dialogue such little dialogue there even like when tom hanks hits uh the little boy still well in the head with the with the um with the the mitt and evelyn has to go out there and go come on still well you're gonna come in the dugout you guys like just small moments. Even I forget the name of the character because I don't think they even named her, but she's Canadian. And they're talking about like they're at the World Series and they're talking. She's, she's like, oh, now I have to go back to Saskatchewan. And this is again, this is not main dialogue, but you just it's just off to the side. And the other girl's like, well, you said Saskatchewan is beautiful. You said it's beautiful there. And she's like, yeah, if you like ice and Anyway, it's a it's a very well written movie, well scored movie. It's it's a really good movie. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna rewatch it. So I go to turn it on, and I'm just sitting there looking at old Gina Davis, which is what I always I thought that was Gina Davis in old makeup, okay? And I and I'm just looking at her, and I'm like, girl, that is not Gina Davis. 
I don't know if I got a bigger TV. If this, if what did, was the last time I watched it, was I not watching it HD? This is not Gina Davis. Then, I mean, it does look like her, but like, it's not Gina Davis. And I immediately talked to Dr. Google about it. I was like, Google, what the fuck? And Google was like, girl, that ain't Gina Davis. It ain't never been Gina Davis. I don't know why you thought it was Gina Davis. And yeah, but they dubbed in Gina Davis's voice. That's why. But yeah, I just want to like let you guys know that if you were under the impression that old Dottie and old Kit were actually Gina Davis and fuck, what is her name? You know, the girl I'm talking about. If you, if they were these people in old makeup, you are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Life's tough, guys. <laughs> uh, what else do I want to talk about? I want to talk about... Um, this month's donation. So if you guys know, there's a Patreon associated with this podcast is at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. And every month I take some of those Patreon dollars and I donate it someplace, uh, where people are doing good shit. And this month we donated it to black girls smile and you can find it at black girls, girls with an S smile.org. Uh, they provide mental health resources for, and workshops for, you guessed it, black girls. I'm a black girl. I like to smile too. So that's why I did it there. Um, it, mental health resources can be the difference between life and death. And when they aren't the difference between life and death, they can be the difference between a good life or a miserable life. And I mean, just a lot of, especially in the black community, a lot of people don't believe in therapy. A lot of people um, can't afford therapy. And Black Girl Smile, like, does workshops for places and talks about self-care. They offer therapy scholarships. I, it's a good organization, and I decided they deserve a little bit of our money. Um, I appreciate everybody who is a Patreon subscriber because you enable me to do this. Um if you can't support me through Patreon, that's fine. I mean, everybody's budget is different. I, I've been there, done that, <laughs> wrote a book about it. And, but other ways to support are to follow me on social media at Buy Pumpkin Podcast on Instagram or Okay Then Princess on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Another great way to support is to leave me a review. I don't have as many reviews as I should. I get way more downloads and way more Patreon subs than, than reviews that I have. And I do have a five. I don't look at the reviews, but I saw that I, I have a five. So that's great. But I'd like a few more five-star reviews. Um, I need to help other people find us, the right kind of people. Tell them the truth about the podcast so that they, when they come and try us out, they know what they're getting, they know what they're getting, in, well, they know what they're in store for. So that would be awesome. More showbiz, um, show business. So this is the last podcast I'm going to do for a little bit. Next week, there will be no Patreon episode. There will be no main feed episode. And the reason is that I'm going on vacation and you know, I just want to make space. I, I want to like really baby myself. Um, for the rest of this week until I hit vacation and afterwards. I just don't want to be like pushing myself to do stuff. Everybody needs rest. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things I think is a misconception about me is that I am overworked and like over busy. And I don't think so. I'm just a person who likes to stay busy. 
And when I get, when I feel like I'm like in too much, I take a rest. But one thing I've been working towards over the last few months is making sure that I schedule in rest. Cause before I didn't schedule in, I would just be like, oh, I feel like I need some rest. So I'm just gonna have to clear this calendar and like take rest. Now I want to schedule in rest. And so part of that is scheduling in breaks from the podcast, you know? Um, so next week there won't be any, if you are a Patreon member though. All right. So there won't be any episodes on mob wives and there won't be any episodes on meet the Barkers, which is on the Patreon. But if you're a Patreon member, I will do a princess diaries where I talk about some stuff. Just that's a super easy thing for me to record. I just babble mostly like I do at the beginning of every podcast. So if you would like to hear that, make sure you guys are signed up at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. Any other things I need to talk about before I get started? I think that's it. Uh, so we're on Mob Wives, season two, episode two. It's called Hell on Heels. Uh, it starts off with, like we're still at the party from last week. Remember that party, Renee celebrating that she didn't die on this totally, on this, I mean, it's called it was called a body lift, but I mean, how different is that from a, a Brazilian butt lift? I guess because, because don't, don't during a Brazilian butt lift, they take fat from other places and stick it in your butt and then kind of like lift up everything. Isn't that what they're doing in the, in, in the butt lift? I mean, yeah, maybe they're calling it a, a body lift because the Brazilian butt lift wasn't that, wasn't that popular, but I don't know. But like last night I was so fucking tired and I just had a long day. I had a long morning this morning. I just, I've had a week guys. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I have a podcast where I have to sit down and take notes about somebody's failed BBL. (laughs) Start a podcast, they said. It'll be fun, they said. And look at me, sitting here tired as fuck, taking notes on somebody's failed butt lift. (laughs) But anyway, listen, it didn't work out, but she's still alive. I, like I said last week, Renee is annoying. Renee is uh, a lot of things. I think she's a drama queen, but I do believe that she went through some shit. 16 days in the hospital is a long time. And if that shit wasn't real, her insurance company would have probably kicked her out. So don't worry. It's a, I believe that she was in real pain and she was in real danger. Um, so, but she, we're at the party. Karen's going outside to talk to Drita because Big Ange went, was talking to Drita and convince the two of them to talk she's bringing Ramona with her and as they all look on like Drita starts soft she says it's killing her that they are cool she can't rewind time but she thinks about it all the time but Karen comes back at that hard the situation was never about Lee she says it was about she and Drita and Drita keeps making light of it she thinks Drita's saying there says they weren't friends and that hurts Drita says she never said they weren't friends the show calls her a liar with a good playback because Drita definitely said that she definitely said that they were no longer friends because because um Karen had gone to Arizona to be I don't know the witness protection program or whatever and and Drita's like we weren't friends and at the time Karen was like listen if you're my friend, unless we fall out, we're fucking friends. Just because I'm not living three blocks down from you doesn't mean all of a sudden we're not friends anymore. I also understand where Drina's coming from. It's like, bitch, you left the state. You left the state. You and Lee was broke up. I don't understand what you want. I feel like if Drita would just say, 
yo, I understand it's awkward. I do wish that if I could go back, I would I would call you and talk to you about it first. Because it isn't that she fucked Dre, uh, Lee. That's actually not the problem. Fucking Lee isn't the problem. Because what is what is Karen supposed to have a have a dibs on him for the rest of her fucking life? She's got a baby. She's doing she out here doing her own fucking thing. Uh, but and she had fucked Drita's ex boyfriend. You know all that. However, what Karen is stuck on is that. You, one, you didn't say anything. You didn't reach out. Two, then when I talk to you about it, you act like you downplayed a lot. Like, oh, it's uh, uh. And then all of a sudden, now we ain't friends. And I can understand that too. But, you know, it, that's, this is the, the, the long and the short of it. The short of it. Ramona is kind of getting hyped up because really she's out there because she doesn't want Karen to get her ass beat. And... Big Ann's just trying to lure her away, but Ramona's not going. She wants to stay and watch and make sure nothing happens. Now, back to the fight. Now, they're getting into that the fact that Dorita went around telling everybody that she beat Karen's ass on the last rooftop and scarred her up and limped her up. I love the way Karen talks. <laughs> Karen's not my favorite, but I love the way she talks. She's like, yeah, you telling people you limped me up? You limped me up? <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> um... I like, I know that there are people, and I will call them snobs. I can say that I'm 14% snob. Um, I know that there are people who would say, oh, she's not even speaking English, blah, blah, blah. But there's a thing about language in which you can bend it to your will and make it, make it fit your situation. Like, the truth is, I, like, I know that... You know, I can, my father says make groceries, right? If he's going to go shop for groceries, he's going to go make groceries. And I understand that that is like technically not correct. But the, but when he says he's going to make groceries, it is, it feels different than when someone says, I'm going to go shopping. It feels different. It means something different. Fitna. All right. So (laughs) that is, uh, (laughs) so in the South, a, a common word phrase is I'm fixing to go do something. That means I'm about to get myself ready. I'm fixing myself up, my situation up, so I can go do this. I'm fixing to go to work. That means I'm fixing the situation around me so I can get myself together and go to work. But if you talk to somebody who is maybe a little more Southern or from a certain parts of the South, they'll say they're fitting. I'm fitting to go. I'm fitting. I'm finna. I'm fixing a, I'm fi- <laughs> like, these are all ways of saying something very simple, but they mean different things. I hate to pull a Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy out here, but when somebody says they're naked, someone says they're nude, it's different than saying they're naked. And it's very different from saying you're naked because <laughs> when you are naked, you just don't have any clothes on. But when you naked, you ain't got no clothes on and you doing shit. <laughs> so, and, and very surface level, people will be like, well, that's not correct English. But they mean things. They're, the connotations are different. And so I really love like, you know, Karen saying, I'm going to, you said you limped me up means something different than says, then you gave me a limp. Okay. Limping somebody up is with joy. I fucked you up with joy. Not I just did, you know, there's differences in it. And I love that. And I love listening to the way these ladies talk. I love listening to the way they talk to each other and different situations. I just think that's great. Um, 
It's very enjoyable to me. Um, so but she's very upset about that. And she name checks Carla. She, Drita says she doesn't know what Carla is telling anyone about anything. Drita says she was, she was told that Carolyn's in the hospital and she didn't question it because usually when she attacks someone, they end up in the hospital. <laughs> and then Karen says that every day she wakes up, she has to talk herself out of coming to Drita's house. And that's what sets Drita off. That's what changes the tone for Drita. Cause Drita's like, what the fuck you mean coming to my house? You, 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 you got to convince yourself not to come over here and do what? Because to her, that's a threat. Um, she, she, that kicks her right in the fuck this bitch mood. And in her confessional, she says, if someone comes to her house, they get hit with a wrench, which is very specific. She mentions a wrench later on. And I'm just like, Trina, you walking around with a wrench? You got one in your purse? A wrench is very specific. I don't know. I, I, I that gave me pause. Um, so back in the fight, Dorita starts saying, what the fuck is going on right now? She just, and that the way she's saying it, she's looking around. She's got her arms. She's like, what the fuck is going on right now? And I think, mm, I think this was to production. I think, I think she's saying this was not, this isn't what this was going to be. Um, because I bet this is what, I, this is only what I assume. I bet they told her that she needed to make up with Karen and that Karen wanted to make up and that this would be a good time to do it. Like she, I, I bet production was like really in her ear, but here's what else I bet. I don't think they told Karen that. And maybe if we want to, if we want to go so far that they went to Karen and said, Hey, Drew has been going around saying you put, you, she put you in the hospital. Like, I think it depends on how far as you think this production is. I, at the very least, I think that they told that they got Drita in the mood to apologize and did not get Karen, regardless of their intentions were. They just didn't get Karen in the same mood. But if you think, if you want to feel like they are demons, which is quite possible, I think they got Drita to apologize and then hype Karen up the fight. And that, that's the setup. Um, so they are yelling and getting hands. And Ramona walks up and says that it's a party and they don't need to do this right now. And so then both Karen and Ramona are talking. And I'm pissed because... What Ramona is saying is being is on the um, closed captioning. So I can see what Ramona's saying, but Karen is saying something. And I believe what Karen is saying is the, is the catalyst for Drita because Drita starts swinging. Karen is saying something like low and Ramona's just like, what are you talking about me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Ramona, don't give a fuck about you. We just met you. Get out the way, Ramona. And <laughs> But Drita just starts fucking swinging. She hits Karen. Ramona jumps in. Some dude who is not blurred out jumping and yelling, girls, girls, girls. And I assumed he owned the place. Maybe it's this guy that we're talking about later. There's security in there by the pound too. There's a lot of people on this fucking balcony. When a few seconds ago, I felt like there were only three people on the balcony. Because Big Ange went back inside. Big Ange, if you stayed outside, this wouldn't have happened. Not that I blame you. Um... Karen says in her confessional, if you swing on me, I'm blacking your eye out. Check my bloodline, bitch. I'm coming for you. This is the way these women talk. <laughs> they really talk like this. And I enjoy it. <laughs> but serious question. Do you think that I like this? Well, not you. I'm talking to myself here. Do I, is it, do I like this because it's white women fighting the way they do on Love and Hip Hop and Black Ink Crew and whatnot? Do I, is this why I like this? And you can't even say Bad Girls Club because Bad Girls Club are mostly women of color fighting. I mean, there's some white girls there, but it's, 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 it's tons of women of color on that show. 
Is it because these are two middle-aged white women with children (laughs) and whole ass lives fighting? You know, when I used to get, sometimes I'd be on like the G train or something. (laughs) No, it'd be the C, sorry. Sometimes I'd be on the C train for some reason. Cause I had to get into Brooklyn a different way. And (laughs) I'd hear, world star and i'd be like oh no it's gonna be a fight on the train (laughs) and uh, then the train's gonna stop and the police gotta come on like as soon as you heard world star (laughs) because it meant somebody was fighting and they were filming for world star hip-hop which is a website that hosts fights and various other things and um as soon as i heard that i'd be like oh i gotta get off of the next stop and catch another train because there's no way i can't stay on this fucking train and so (laughs) But on my VH1 shows, I don't mind it. Mm. Interesting. Something something for me to think about. Something to me talk about in therapy. At some point in the melee, the dude I don't know grabs dra- grabs Drita and says, it's Derek Tobacco, I got you. And I was like, who the fuck is Derek Tobacco? He's saying his whole fucking name. And I guess he's her friend. And so he's holding her head and dragging her away. Ramona's entire mouth is red. There's blood all over her face. She's trying to grab at Drita. She's grabbing Drita's hair and yanking it. Karen's being held back by a bunch of other people. Now at this point, the way Derek is holding Drita, he's got her head down, tucked into his chest, and he's grabbing her and trying to drag her away. And I'm like, yo, that is a good way to get somebody fucked up. Because you're holding her down. And if somebody, and if somebody lets go of Ramona, it's on. Like she get she can get all the fucking hits on Drita she fucking wants. You, I know you're a friend and everything, but you are, you are banking on the grace of the people holding Drita and Karen. Um. So, Renee says these bitches couldn't respect her to behave for one night. Okay, Renee, you did try to get them all to come up there together. You did invite a bunch of people who had a big fight. Like, come on. And then she starts walking, like my son's model walk. And I, and I, that, I mean that literally. My nine-year-old, anytime he walks down the hallway, walks like a model. He walks like he's trying to like get to the top three at America's Next Top Model. And he does his, he switches his hips and he does his stomp and he shakes his head. And that is how Renee is walking. Like, if you saw these two things at the same time, you'd be like, how can we tell the difference? Um, so by the time she gets to the balcony, she's just screaming, oh, oh, oh. Oh, wow, that hurt my throat. Mm. But she's yelling, oh, over and over again. So at this point, Derek drags Drita out of the balcony. Her hair is fucked up. She looks wild. And Ramona is screaming, bring Derek to me. Bring Derek to me. Because people are telling her, that Derek is the one that, that she has blown her face and that Derek hit her. She's saying she'll kill them. She's screaming for people to get the fuck off of her. I mean, I don't know if he hit her. I just doubt it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I crowd was super wild. People were throwing wild punches. I don't know. I don't think he hit her. I really don't. I mean, uh, between all the fights that were having, anybody could have hit her. Um, Karen is still being held back and is punching the friends that are like holding her. 
Meanwhile, Renee is trying to talk to Drita, and Drita is running away from her, saying she set her up, her eyes all red and bloody looking. They're in this, like, stairwell of some sort. It's a small area, but Drita's really trying to get away from her. Okay, so Karen and Ramona get off the balcony, and Karen is running through the crowd like Ferdinand the fucking bull. She is screaming for Derek because she says that Derek hit Ramona. Junior is actually holding Karen back. And pushing her out. And there are so many people in that little stairwell that they're all staying. Dorita blames Renee for all of it. And she's saying that Renee got her drunk, her jumped. So they get into the Sprinter van to scream about it, okay? I don't know. Maybe the Sprinter van brought Renee there. Like maybe, you know, it was like a party bus type thing. Um, so Dorita wants to go home, but Renee says stay in the car. Renee is screaming that her son would die of cancer if she ever did something like that. Like set her up. And she tries to get treated a punch her in her face if she thinks it's true this is all audio we don't see it i don't think renee realizes we can still hear what the fuck they're saying and she's going fair shot fair shot punch me in my face <laughs> and then we see karen talking to big Ange, who's like what happened and karen says that drita put her hands on her and wanted to fight and big Ange is like what that's not what she told me she wanted to say she was sorry and that she was right about Lee. <laughs> Poor Big Ann. She's confused. Um, Karen says it's not about Lee. She stopped trying to, she needs to stop, Drita needs to stop trying to be hard because she's harder than Drita will ever be. And Junior's trying to interrupt her to get her a drink. It seems like Junior was the person that was really trying to take care of Karen at this point. Then Derek doesn't read the room and decides to come back into the event space. Ramona is screaming, you hit me, you hit me. And she's trying to fuck him up. Karen goes running across the screen, like security, there's a security person supposedly holding Karen, but is just basically riding Karen's back as Karen runs across the screen. <laughs> They're both throwing plates and shit. They're trying to fuck up Renee's deposit. Renee's not getting no fucking deposit. They're ripping, Ramona's ripping the curtains and shit. Girl, <laughs> at some point, this is the funniest part. At some point, Ramona's screaming and yelling and her titty falls out. <laughs> and she, she's like, her mouth's bloody. <laughs> her hair's wild. And one tit is out. And she's screaming and screaming and screaming. And this other chick with a green dress on and way too much makeup just reaches over and tucks it back in. <laughs> That bitch is a friend. That bitch is a friend. She's like, I see that you want to fight right now. Your mouth is bloody. You're talking about killing this dude here, but your whole ass right tit is out, and I'm going to pop it right back, pop it right back in for you <laughs> so you can finish what you're saying. Go ahead, baby. Make your point. I don't know that chick, but she can roll with me anytime. She's a real one. I'll give her my address and everything. <laughs> By the time it comes down, Ramona is screaming, everybody go home. No, not Ramona. Renee is screaming, Everybody go home now. Do you understand? You ruined my party. Go the fuck home. And she storms off past uh, Karen. She doesn't have any shoes on. She's just walking. Karen's holding a drink. Looks real hard put away wet. She looks sweaty. Her hair is... She just... <laughs> just calmly... Karen just calmly says, The man shouldn't have hit her. That's all I gotta say. And Renee doesn't even look back and says, I don't give a fuck. And then screams, Go home! And then Karen turns back to the camera. Calm as fuck goes, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and it's such a small moment, guys. It's such a fucking small moment. 
she has been doing the Dougie all through this fucking event space. <laughs> She's been carrying around security people. She's been having drinks. She's been fighting this one, yelling at that one. <laughs> And she just doesn't have the energy to be yelling. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> she just, it's, it's, it's like the most delicious part. You know, people, people, you know, you order a steak to eat the steak. But that little, little, little bit of fat on the side is the, like the little, mm, mm, mm. that's how I feel right now. <laughs> the next part seems like it's filmed out of order, though, because Junior has Karen on the wall trying to keep her from running around. And we already saw that Karen exhausted, right? We already saw Karen had calmed down. So I don't think Karen got hyped up. I think they put that bit where Renee's telling everybody to go home in the middle when this really happened before that. Um, you know, so Karen is telling Junior that Derek, a man, hit her cousin, Ramona, a woman. And that roused Junior up because he lives by a certain code. And that code is, yes, you may lie, cheat, steal, racketeer, do whatever it is you need to do, kill. Uh, but you don't hit a woman. Uh, or you don't hit a woman around here. I don't know. So Junior and some of his friends are going outside to fuck Derek up. Because, again, Derek can't read the room. Derek should have been gone. A lot of people wanted your blood in there, Derek. Go home. Um... And, but he's still there. And Renee starts standing next to Junior saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. And it's like real weird, sad baby voice. It's strange. And she's chasing him outside, telling him she wants to go home. She's screaming at other people that he's on parole. He doesn't need to deal with this. But that's not what Junior thinks. He thinks he needs to go find Derek, who is in the Sprinter van at this point. Again, I'm sure, were there no Ubers? Is that what this is that we're saying? That he couldn't just leave? Nobody else was going to give him a ride? Derek should have left. Ramona, Renee runs after him and gets in front of him and yells at the driver, leave, leave, I'm begging you, leave. <laughs> There's a whole group of people running towards this sprinter van. And like, I spotted AJ there trying to hold his felon father, who's also either on parole or has a new case against him, from fighting for Ramona's honor. But that doesn't work because Junior runs over to the Sprinter van and punches the driver's side window. And I'm like, dude, is, is Derek sitting in the passenger? No, he he punches the drive, the passenger side window. It's like, is, 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 is Derek sitting there? Is he in the back? Are you just hitting the van? What's going on here? And Renee puts herself in between him and the van to kind of be like, no, man, I want to go home. I want to go home. And, and then the, the van drives off. And scene. <laughs> it, it's a, it, listen, it, it, it was a very dynamic scene, okay? It was very much like the, the brawl at the christening on, on Real Housewives of New Jersey. This, it was very interesting. It took me a long time to recap because I was like, what did he say? What'd they do? Oh, shit. <laughs> Is that her titty? Like, <laughs> it was a lot of stuff. Um... The next day, they do a scene at Carla's house and she's glad she didn't go to this party because a lot of shit went out. Yeah, Carla, I'm glad you didn't go either. Because Renee would have been arguing with you. I mean, you didn't get invited, Carla. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> That's why you didn't go. You didn't get invited. But Renee might have been arguing with you while they would have been, it would have been too much. Apparently, there was no cake. No one saying happy birthday. Some of the presents were broken. It was tough. 
Um, Carla tries calling Drita and Drita doesn't pick up. Next we see Karen and Ramona and they're saying this party was ruined and it was Drita's fault. Also, guess what? Derek didn't hit Ramona. People had told Ramona that Derek hit her. But now she's saying there's a cheap ass ring that Drita was wearing that nicked her. And this is why I was like, why do you think Derek hit you when Drita was throwing punches at you? Like you guys were literally fighting. Why was it that Derek hit you? Um, Karen is very happy that she blacked Drita's eye, she said, and that she had to go to the hospital. She says that Drita is always saying that when she's beat people's up, ambulances come. And she said, yeah, motherfucker, this time for you. <laughs> she's very happy. <laughs> Junior is over at Renee's talking about the party with Renee and AJ. Again, why is AJ here? I mean, why was AJ at the party? Honestly, like I said, he's probably like 17. It's fine. Like, I don't, I don't see him. There's a problem with him going to this party. I don't see that. But also, like, who wants to be at their mom's dumbass party? Like, that's the thing. Like, my mom, my mom wouldn't have had an event space. But my mom, some, my mom loves fucking parties, and she would have parties at the house all the time. And I would like stop by. Like when I was a teenager, I would like pop in, say hello, get some food or whatever, and then like be out. I was not staying at this party all fucking night. So maybe AJ was just there to stop in. I'm not sure, but. Does he also have to sit here and listen to you go through the drama from last night? I don't know. I, it's not like he can't hear it. Like, I mean, he's not hearing anything like wild or new to him, but I just wonder what, here you are about to talk a bunch of shit about your lady friends (laughs) and you're talking it to, why is AJ there? I don't know. It just, it just seems weird, but it seems weird to me because I have boundaries with my children (laughs) and I just don't invite, like if I had something like that, I definitely like want them to come and stuff, but I'd also be like, okay, well, you know, you said go, go live your life. I wouldn't expect them to stay all night. And I also wouldn't be like, girl, let me tell you what happened last night. So your aunt Trita, I don't, that's not how, that's not how I run it. Um, well, whatever. Uh, AJ is Renee's second husband, so this is how it goes. Junior tells her you can't get to people who hate each other in the room with alcohol. And he said he also says he apologized to Derek because he realized he was wrong. Um, the reason he was so mad was because he had talked to Derek, and Derek said he didn't hit her. And then when he went to go talk to Karen, Karen said that's a lie that he did hit her. He thought Derek was lying to him. And I was like, well, what? Based on what, though? Based on what did you think they was, what, I don't know. I think Karen may have said, I saw him hit her, which is a drunk thing to say. You know, I wouldn't, finally we see Drita and yes, her eyes fucked up. Um, It doesn't look super terrible. It might be a few days later, but Carla comes over and says, it looks just like someone poked her eye. Her eye just looks like red and stuff. It looks like, I don't know. looks like some of my kids were wrestling or something. And Drita says it's her fault because she should have never gone over there because she, she don't go someplace where you're not comfortable. True, Drita, true. And also she was she was rolling solo. And from her side, she says that she knew they had an issue. But when they got there, she was told Karen wanted to make up and she was stupid for believing that. It was Big Ange telling you that, I mean. So Drita also says she didn't tell everyone that Karen went to the hospital. Karen went to Staten Island Hospital and everyone they know works there. So that's how it got out. Drita mentions that Karen mentioned Carla and Carla doesn't like that at all. She's like, me, me. 
Drita says it was a setup because Karen came out there and Ramona came with her. And Carla agrees with her. This is absolutely what I would have thought too. That like we're two pre well, I wouldn't have gone to the party, to be honest. Cause I'd have been like, I don't fucking I don't I'll deal with Karen. I'll I'll be around Karen once me and Karen have had a conversation. But I'm out here on this balcony. I mean, the balcony wasn't super high, but it was high enough. And if one of them had went over that fucking balcony, uh, I'm sure we would have done more than just an emergency room visit. So one, they're lucky. Um, but I, I wouldn't have gone. But if I had been on that balcony and and Karen had come out there with Ramona, I would have thought the same thing. Especially because Drita came at her so fucking soft. So soft. It wasn't like, what do you want, bitch? What do you want to do, bitch? Like, it wasn't that. It was very much like, hey, I've been thinking. I don't want to be, I don't, I hate that we're not cool, blah, blah, blah. And so I just feel like it's very obvious that Drita thought they were going to make up. And when she starts going, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? She is talking to production. All right, so... You know, Drita says she will never make amends with Karen again. It was a one-shot deal. Unfortunately, that is not true because this this show goes on another four seasons, I believe. Karen says that she and, and Ramona grew up together. They received communion together. They went to graduation night together. And so they're going to a mom museum together. If I could have skipped this scene. This is one of those reality TV produce, productions where the producer's like, okay, so let's have you go do go-karts. Let's have you go. Oh, you're on vacation in the Caribbean. Let's have you go put your feet in this in this uh, bucket of of fish that eat your dead skin off your toes. That sort of thing. <laughs> this is not a thing. Like, I just don't see it happening in real life. They're just like, let's go down to the mob museum. Um, she she does talk about her father and how he got his nickname, and she talks about how growing up. Karen always knew about her father's quote unquote lifestyle. They will wear that fucking word out lifestyle. But Ramona was never was more in the dark. She was the granddaughter of Lefty Guns Ruggiero, and she didn't really know what was up until her grandfather got arrested. And that Donnie Brasco movie, I've never seen it. It's apparently about her father, her grandfather, and Al Pacino played him. And she says it's got a few truths. So a lot of things are truth, but it's got some also terrible lies. And she says that she ran up on Al Pacino to tell him to play her grandfather right. And I was like, how old were you when that happened? Um, how'd you get access to Al Pacino? Where was Al Pacino? She said she was like at the trailer. I mean, you went to the, to the, to the movie set? Okay, all right. You know, maybe it was, maybe they uh, shot some scenes like in New York and she, and they decided to go over there. And she was able to have that conversation. She says her grandfather was like a family man. And if anything, you play the family part big because that's who he was. Um, the next scene is Junior going to court to negotiate a plea agreement. He like, it's so interesting that we're getting um, shots of Junior making like, okay, so obviously anytime Renee's on the phone, and they're filming her and Junior is in the park and they're filming him. This was pre-planned, right? They're not just going places with Junior on, on his own. But it's interesting that they're allowing this type of conversation to happen. But, you know, he's calling. He's saying he's going to court. She's asking about is his lawyer there. I mean, she's very involved in this case. And it's and like I said, the reason this is interesting is because 
as a part, I believe that in order to get his sentence reduced, he te he gave he turned evidence against her father. So this lawyer that she's waiting for him to show up with, and this and we need to get this done, and we need to get this plea thing done, and blah blah blah, like the situation she's talking about, unbeknownst to her. I mean, I'm sure his lawyer negotiated it for him, you know, like this lawyer that she's, that she might even be partially paying for, mm. right? Because Renee's making money off this show. I mean, not a lot of money, but, and Junior can't be around all the shit that he makes money from. So what if Renee is like paying for this lawyer? <sighs> Yeah, so um, it's important, the, but th that little scene is a throwaway because the next time we see Renee, what she tells us is that he went to his plea, I don't know, is it's his plea hearing, plea deal hearing, a plea, de a plea deal meeting, I'm not sure, but he went to talk about this plea deal and it looks like he's not going to be sentenced for like six months, so he's got some time on his hands, and um so she says they want to spend time together and the two of them are walking. It looks like the same park. I mean, I could be wrong, but it looks like the same park. I mean, and she's just happy that nothing happened at her birthday party and that his bail didn't get revoked. Here's the thing though. Like I understand how she feels like, like, no, let me roll that back. I don't necessarily understand how she feels to Renee. Everything is an outside force, right? especially with Junior, her father, these men, because to her, she feels like they didn't do anything. And I'm like, they're definitely doing stuff. People are being murdered. Crimes are being committed. Uh, and they're not like victimously, victimless crimes. You know what I'm saying? Like much like they sell drugs, they run women, they intimidate people, they hurt people, they do all kinds of things. And for Renee, it's like, well, you know, they're just trying to take care of their families. There are other ways to take care of your families. I don't think I'm better than Junior and all the guys in the mob because I'm not committing crimes right now. Because the reason I'm not committing crimes right now is because I don't have to. If I was in a position where I had to commit crimes to feed my family, I would, I would. There's no way in hell I wouldn't do it. So, however, I don't want, so I don't want you guys to give the impression that I'm like, oh, they're criminals and I never do that. And I, and I, no, that's not, that's absolutely not fucking true. My moral compass does not point, point north at all, but I don't act like people have pushed me into situations. The fact is they're in that situation because they want to be, it's because it's a life they've known, but also because it's fast, easy money. What do we say all the time? Dr being a drug dealer, uh, a stripper, like though even a waitress, it's hard to walk away from because of the way the money comes in. It comes in fast and there's an intense amount of work, but then no work. Like it's, it's, it's too easy to spend it and too easy to get it. And so I think that that's also, I mean, what else is Junior going to do? That's Junior's whole lifestyle. However, here I go with the lifestyle. However, I just, I just don't like how Renee talks about them like, I don't know, they're just reading a copy of Glamour and soaking their toes and the cops show up. And it's, it's that, that's not, 
exactly how it happens. Um, I'm not so foolish as to believe there's like there's a clear line of who the good and the bad guys are. I just think that uh, some personal responsibility should be taken. And she, so according to her, this is all happening to Junior. And I'm like, okay, but this is shit Junior did. But they're gonna spend some time together, so they're walking together. And Junior says, "What does he say? Let me make sure I look at my notes." He says. Uh, he's been nervous about her since she was in the hospital. When she was in the hospital, he was visiting her all the time. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. She says he was the most caring to her. He, that he had her back the whole time. He was there all the time. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I'm sure he showed up a bunch of times, but when she says he was the most caring, he was, he had her back. I think that it was just a difference in the way he was acting because previously he had a girlfriend and it was like, oh, we're going to get back to, and he wanted, he, she basically, she basically did wifely duties for him and didn't get husbandly duties back. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Like she was all involved in his stuff and planning things and is he going to be okay and doing his fucking laundry and his shirts and starch and blah, blah, blah. And they're not married. He's with somebody else. And I know there are people that look at that and are like, oh, that's loyalty. I, that looks desperate to me. That looks, de- when, you give, when you give people things they have not earned, and they continue to not give you in return, that looks desperate to me. Again, I'm not saying I don't understand it. We've all been in, we've all been digmatized, okay? We've all been there. But I don't see that as loyal. Um, but to her, because he has started like paying her attention and showing up and stuff, she saw she's a big change in him. And so he he said he you know she felt very supportive and he said he was afraid he was going to lose her and she says were you afraid that you're going to lose me because you love me or were you afraid you're going to lose me because you're still in love with me and he clumsily says yes now he like stumbles over and she starts crying and he says yes that he was in love with her and he asks her why she's crying she says it's because she's only been in love with him all this time they've been apart and she was just hoping and hoping and hoping this was going to happen They've been apart 12 years at this point. Like, I, AJ was like around five years old when they broke up and got divorced. And so this is a dream come true for Renee. Because even though in previous episodes and previous talks about this, she has been like, no, I don't want, we're just, you know, we're just together. We're just, you know, that's that's my ex-husband, this is my father, of my son, you know, we're just going to, we're just, we're just tight like that. I'm, I'm not looking for that. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And here she's like, actually, I've been secretly harboring a hope that you and I would get back together for the last 12 years. <sighs> so I need to talk about this in two ways. Let's talk about the first, let's talk about, let, let's talk about the fact that, that, People who broke up 12 years ago <laughs> are trying to get back together. Let's talk about it there first. No. <laughs> I will be the first person to admit that I need to work on the skill of forgiveness. It's not my best skill. It really isn't. It's very hard. It's something I've been working on, especially as a parent, because as a parent, as a person, when people do things to me intentionally or, or hurt me, I close the book on it and I move on. 
I don't look at them no more. I don't think about them no more. I move on. I block them on my phone or I change my phone number and I move the fuck on. That's how, that's how I protect myself. Forgiveness isn't a thing in my world. I just, and that's not good. I'm not sitting here bragging about that. It's just that it's just not something I was built to do to forgive people, especially forgiving people who ain't sorry. I really can't do that. If you think that what that, that was okay, I might not even return the text. I might just read text me like, oh, block. Like, I, I, it, it is a protective thing for me, okay? And it's because I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like being played. I don't like being hurt. I don't like being stolen from. I don't like being made to feel like a fool. I don't like being discounted. Those things all hurt me very badly. And my biggest thing is I don't want to be hurt. So if you show an inclination that you will hurt me, even a smidge, I got to move on. I got to, I got to, I got to stay the fuck away from you. You know, you go to a restaurant and you get food poison. Some people go back and try it again. Not me. That place is done. Canceled. So, so, like, okay, so that's the truth. Cancel culture started with me. But, so it's already hard enough for me to think about this idea that for 12 years, you, you let go of Junior because Junior was sleeping with other women. That's what well, we get more into this season. For 12 years, you have continued to do laundry and make food for him and go over his house and clean up and figure out his car, his health insurance when he's sick and cry when he gets arrested and various other things, right? While he, I don't know, every now and then came over, played with AJ. I, Renee is the type of person that loves to, we, I think we saw this in the first season where Renee loves to like go somewhere and somebody disrespects her calls age, calls Junior up there to fight him that's why when she's like I want to go home I want to go home I was like but Renee you love this shit you love when uh, Junior gets riled the fuck up and like fights people you love that shit you rile him up sometimes why do you want to go home now he's doing a thing you love and I'm not above that either because like, because, because my love language is acts of service. If you beat someone up for me, that's a service for me. <laughs> so I understand where you're coming from. But specifically, Renee, I've watched her on screen call, like feel like she was being disrespected in a restaurant and call Junior up to fuck this person up. And I'm like, okay, well, he's on parole. He's got all these things going on. Y'all think y'all always worried about being under surveillance. And now you want to send him over here to fight this dude? Is that, you really care about him? But she enjoys that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, he's been beating up people for her and coming to talk to AJ when he's acting up. I'm going to, your father, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. But that's what he's been doing for her. But, but he's been living his life. He's been out and about. He's been fucking everything that moves. Okay, great. Meanwhile, you over here, I'm assuming celibate. I'm, I can't, she, she hasn't been celibate for 12 fucking years. No fucking way. I don't want to believe that. And now, after you've gone through some life-threatening, I totally believe that's real, life-threatening event, and he's on his way to being sentenced? Mm, right? We're all assuming he's going to do some jail time real soon. You want to get back together. 
this is ludicrous. And I also can't talk about Courtney and Scott. I talked about them on the, on the Patreon, the Patreon episode. I can't talk about them again. But that's another example of there's too much water under the bridge. Nobody has to be mad at each other. We can still hang. We can still be co-parents. We can see you're still always invited to my house. We're cool. Okay. We always gonna be cool, but who the fuck want to go backwards? I just don't understand it. Backwards. Y'all broke up for a reason. I'm talking about Renee and Junior now. Courtney's got to fine. Y'all broke up for a reason. Y'all ain't together for a reason. The reason didn't go away. And also a leper can't change his spots. Not even if they want to. Not even if they want to. It is so hard to change as a person and someone else trying to push the change on you. Fucking impossible. And people who want to change, that's maybe they can do it, but it's a very small percentage. Junior isn't going to be no different. It's not just the women. A serial, maybe, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of emails about this. But a serial cheater don't fucking change because that's the way they approach relationships. It don't matter who it is. It really doesn't. It don't matter how hot you are. It doesn't matter how much you guys, that's the way they approach relationships. When they feel like they're not getting what they want in their relationship, they go get it somewhere else. They don't work on it in the relationship. And they feel entitled to cheat on you because that's just how they do it. So I listen, I, it, just, it, it just seems ridiculous to me. It seems ridiculous to me. Um, Catch me trying to get back together with somebody from fucking 20 years ago. Catch me. Never. Never. I I just don't understand why we want to go backwards. It seems like retracing our steps. We've already been in this relationship and it didn't work for us. And that doesn't mean, I'm not saying this like Junior's a piece of shit or Renee's a piece of shit. Mm, That's not what I'm talking about. You together doesn't work. So, but you're saying that being friends, friends, quote unquote friends, you know, Renee longing for you and (laughs) that being friends does work. So then do that. I'm trying to teach my kids right now that when someone loves you, you can tell from their actions. A lot of people don't know that it's not, or maybe they know it, but they don't practice it, but people can tell you anything, anything. They can, words are easy to say. Like I've been talking for fucking almost an hour now, easily. However, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the actions. And if somebody shows up for you, somebody does what works on themselves, understands what hurts you and avoids doing it. Doesn't always take the easiest way or the thing that, 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 that will make them very happy and, and thinks of your happiness. Those are people that love you. And while I believe Junior will show up to beat someone up, I don't know that he shows up. And when I say show up, it's not always physical. I don't know he shows up for her. And it's one, and people have called me hard in the past and stuff, but I mean, you don't have to call me hard. If you don't show up for me, who are you? I, um, I have a good friend who is in an on and off again relationship with a terrible person. Um, he's emotionally abusive. I believe that, uh, you know, and I believe if he was physically abusive, she wouldn't tell me because I've just been very clear about my stance on it and I'm trying to be open, but it's hard for me because I have strong opinions. And so, but he's emotionally abusive to her. 
And she was talking to me about like being afraid of inconveniencing him. Like if he had to pick her up from somewhere or if he had to do laundry or if he had to do those sorts of things. And I'll tell you what I told her and is that being in a relationship is being inconvenienced. There is no relationship in which you are never inconvenienced. That's the whole thing. That's why you guys are together because you can count on each other to inconvenience each other for each other. Like it is very easy for me to just do my own laundry, but I do my husband's laundry because he's never here. And also he hates laundry, but he likes to have clean clothes. So that's one of the things I do for him. Uh, he fixes tons of things for me. I know, I know I come off as a handy person, but I'm really not. I don't think I'm a handy person. He fixes things for me. He carries things for me. He yells at children sometimes for me. Some really fucked up shit happened today. And he, he got up and he, he inconvenienced himself to make sure that I was okay. That is a part of it. Nobody has to inconvenience themselves for us. Like, uh, you know, our coworkers or friends, none of that, but someone who'll say, this is not perfect for me, but I'm going to make this work for you. That is part of what love is. If you don't have a ride, then, then I'll make sure you get a ride. I just, I feel like Junior is happy with what Renee does because Renee is one of those stand by your man type bitches. And, but he doesn't want to be in a relationship with her. They fight too much probably. If I were like, look at this from Junior's point, I'd be like, oh, they probably, he's probably like, we fight too much. She's, she's, she's always in my face. She's all, he'd probably call her a drama queen too. She's always crying and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact is he just doesn't want to be with her. And she's focusing on, she's focusing on like, well, I don't want other people in this relationship being, I don't want you to cheat on me. I'm like, okay, well, even if he never cheated on you again, which he will cheat on you, Renee, he will cheat on you because that is how the relationship has been built. That is how he is built. And maybe he could be different, but he will never be different with you because he's already got a dynamic set up with you. It is so hard to change that dynamic. It is so fucking hard. And I don't think he's willing to work hard enough to do that. So he's going to cheat on you, Renee. But even let's say he wasn't going to. If he wasn't going to cheat on, if he doesn't cheat, you still have fucking dozens more problems. And you focus on the cheating thing. But how does he make you feel? And not when it's not when it's really good, because everybody makes you feel good when it's really good. How does he make you feel on a random Tuesday morning? How does he make you feel when you're sick. These are all like important things. How does he make you feel? And if you feel like you're on eggshells all the time. And you feel like you, you have to wonder where the fuck he is. You argue a lot. He screams. You cry. Like this is not good. It doesn't matter if he's the father of your kids. I do not understand why people think children don't have ears. They hear you, they fucking see you. And you, you struggling in a bad relationship that you guys are not suited for. Meaning, and that doesn't have to be like abusive or anything like that. You struggling in a bad relationship where one of you is obviously unhappy or sometimes both of you are obviously unhappy. You argue all the time. You don't make each other happy. Does not do anything for children. It just makes their lives harder. It like who wants to grow up in a house with tension all the time? Who wants to grow up in a house where 
you might be eating dinner and it just pop off. And then your father's out the door going down to Bada Bing or wherever the fuck and your mother's screaming on the porch. Who fucking wants to live like that? There's no peace in a place like that. There's nothing to learn about relationships and connections in a place like that. I argue, me and my husband argue all the time, guys. We argue because we're both passionate people and I'm not, I'm just not someone who's to like, who just sits in resentment. I can't live like that. I have to be, I have to be honest about stuff, but I work really hard not to, not to live in a house where there's no fun. There's always tension. They know that if we are going, if we are disagreeing, we will try to excuse ourselves and we'll try to talk about it. That is the, that is what I work to do. Sometimes they're going to see me argue, but the, the thing I want them to see is us resolving things, us talking to each other, us saying, I don't like that. Or I disagree with that and coming to some conclusion with it. I want them to see how to, how to fight, how to not fight. Cause I guess when I say fight, I think of people like fisticuffs and that we don't do that, but how to argue and how to disagree with someone you love without name calling, without throwing a bunch of shit, without y'all rolling around the floor screaming, without, without y'all breaking up every other, every other fourth Friday and him packing his shit and leaving. But then two weeks later, he's back. I want them to see that it's possible to disagree with someone that you love and still speak to them with respect. Now, am I perfect at it? Fuck no. I'm sure my kids' therapists, as their adults, are going to talk about Christmas of 2017. Christmas of 27, no, 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 Christmas of 2018. Christmas of 2018, where I lost my shit. But I'm, I'm giving, you know, when it wasn't great, I apologized. I told them why I was wrong. Worked on it together and I'm giving them better examples every day. I, nobody wants to live in a house full of tension and shit. Where people scream at each other all the time. And, and also your kids can tell you don't like each other. They look at you. They see your face when that person comes in and it drops. They see how you, you're always aggy at this person. They see you. They see you. Your kids know more about you than anybody else in the fucking world. They overhear everything you do. They, they, they see you, they, they know, they know your routines. They know what you like to say. They know what you lie about. They, they see you. Think about how you used to see your parents. And so we should stay together for the kids. You should stay together for the kids. You should do this over and over again so they can see it. That's terrible. I talked enough about that. But the other thing that we need to take a look at is what we're looking at here. Junior got picked up last season, which might've been a few months ago. Got picked up last season. And has been going through his case, right? Along with, I think her father and a couple of other people. Suddenly as he gets close to his plea agreement, he's all, he's all up and around Renee. He's coming over a lot. He's now he needs to go and visit her all the time in the hospital and shit. And maybe that's real, okay? Maybe that's real. Maybe he was worried about her. Maybe he was like, damn, the mother of my child is about to die. She's all fucked up. There's nobody here. She's crying a lot. Her fucking father's in jail. Or maybe he's not in jail at this point. But regardless, it's, it's, it's you know, 
I do care about her. She's not like nobody to me. I do I was married to her for some a significant amount of time, and I she's been in my life since. We have a son together, and I do care about her. So yeah, I do, I'm visiting and stuff like that. Great. But then he has a meeting with his lawyer and a judge, and uh, I don't know prosecutors. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know what he means by his plea this meeting he had and suddenly but this is a discuss a plea deal suddenly motherfucker is back and wants to be in love with you and wants to and wants to live with you and wants to try and what is this episode two many episodes down the line we will come to we will come to find out that Junior is wearing a wire sometimes. Um, I believe he's using a watch. Like she gives him a watch at some point. Maybe we'll see it on camera. But we, we, she gives him a watch at some point And he doesn't really want to wear it because he has a different watch. The one I'm assuming the FBI gave him. And... He's suddenly very involved in Renee's life when he's been out of Renee. He's been out of Renee's life for twelve years. Not saying they didn't see each other, not saying they didn't care about each other, but he wasn't living there. He wasn't all of her business. What I think we're seeing is Junior shoring up his chances so that he can he can be close to Renee's dad. Um, and he can be in Renee's family circle. And he can be around these things. And he can collect evidence so that he can then turn it over and get a better deal. Or maybe part of his plea deal that he talked about was that he would get more evidence. I don't, the details are, are shaky. So not, so either way you look at it, whether you look at these people that's been broken up for 12 years have decided to give it another try. And the only thing they think is going to be off is that He's not going to cheat on her. Next episode, there we see coming up, they talk about how he says she's controlling and stuff like that. I believe that. He doesn't want to be controlled. And how do you act out? You go do, you stay out late. You go, you don't call her. You sleep with a couple of other people. But all you guys are talking about is the cheating and not the control part. So how are you going to fix it? So if you look at it that way, it's doomed. And then if you look at the way that I honestly really fucking look at it, I think that he came back to, he came back to do this to help shore up his chances of, of, of a good plea deal. He's already, he's, I think he's already a felon. He's done, I think he's done fed time before. And now I think he, he's not trying to, he's not trying to do big numbers. And this is the way you do it. It's almost sad when you think about it. I, I actually, you know, I don't, I don't love Renee, to be honest. I don't love Renee. I think she postures a lot. I think um, she's a flip-flopper. I think she, I think she could be incredibly overconfident in ways. And then I'm like, okay, but you're super insecure. And I just feel, you know, it's like, you know, when a cat's scared and they make themselves bigger, you know. They, the hair, and they arch their back to make themselves look bigger. And I feel like that's like 
almost all of Renee's personality. So she's a very insecure person who's just trying to make herself seem bigger and more important so that she can feel, she can feel, she can feel that. And it never works. It never works. Underneath her is this rampant insecurity. And because she's also so insecure, it colors her actions and it makes her not do things that, I don't know, I personally, like, I don't like being around people who are unpredictable like that. I don't like that. Um, and not saying that I need everybody to be on a script or something like that, but I, what I mean is that, like, I don't like someone who acts one way this time and acts another way the other time because I'm like, well, what the fuck is going on? And I feel like Renee is like that. Um, but I feel incredibly sorry for her right now because either way she's getting dicked over. Like she really, and I can't believe she went around, you know, I'd respect her more if she wasn't, she just said what it is. I mean, it's so hard to just say what it is sometimes, especially when it's scary. Me and Bunny were sitting together at the table and she's doing her math and She's really good at her math. She's, she's gotten so much better. She's doing some math work and she's in trouble. That's what she's doing her math stuff. And she keeps asking me for help. And then I'll say, okay, well, what are we looking at? What, what are we looking at? And then she'll show me the, the problem and then she'll do the problem. I was like, oh, this is right. And she's like, can I come sit over there with you? And I was like, why? She says, cause I need help. I was like, I don't think you need any help. But come on, and she comes over, and once again, we were five, six, seven questions in. She's doing them all. She will ask me, but then I'll say, okay, well, where did we start? And she'll start, and then she'll just do it. And I said, I think you just wanted to sit next to me, right? And she's like, no, I just need a lot of help. <laughs> and two more questions, also correct. I was like, are you sure you just want to sit next to me? And finally, she's like, yeah, I just wanted to sit next to you. And I was like, you just have to ask. That's it. You just have to say what it is. Ask for what you want. Be clear about what you want. I said, what did you think I was going to say if you said you want to sit next to me? She said, okay. I was like, exactly. I wasn't going to say anything besides, okay, come on over here. Just ask for what you want. It's not embarrassing to want things. It's not embarrassing to need things. I mean, that's an that's that's something I need to teach myself as well. I mean, I'm working on it. I'm working on a whole lot of fucking things, guys. But... I think it's just super hard. I know it's hard for you to say what it is, but for Renee, because there's so much hiding and, you know, stuffing it in this and showing it like this, it's it, it makes her seem disingenuous. And so if she's not a genuine person, like who the fuck wants to be around her? That's how I feel. That's honest to God how I fucking feel about Renee. But I do feel sorry for her. I feel sorry that... Um, she really loves that dude. And she doesn't even see what's fucking coming. She has no idea. So, you know, they talk a little bit about how AJ will be happy. I don't know if AJ's going to be happy, guys. I think AJ knows like I know. I don't think AJ... I think AJ obviously wants to be around his dad. Like, in the first season, they talked... Maybe in later... No, in the first season, they talked about how his dad sometimes didn't show up for things. That's another reason I wouldn't get back together with him. You can't fuck over my kids and, and me be okay with you. But his dad didn't show up for things. His dad would like be gone, missing for months at a time when they lived near each other and, you know, just living his own life and fuck AJ. 
And so I think AJ will be happy to have his dad around because I think he wants his dad around. But I don't think AJ thinks his parents have a good relationship. I don't know that he'll be happy. Um, you know, Renee says she just wants him to really try. She brings up the other woman, which tells me a problem, blah, blah, blah. Um, she says they've been apart for 12 years, but they're always together. Like, okay. Um, Renee thinks it's a sign they should be together. I think it's a sign they should go, she should go to more than one therapy session every eight months. Like, get into therapy, and therapy doesn't fix everything. Because how can it? How can it? But therapy is a regular practice of you looking in work with a professional who can guide you, a professional who can offer you resources, a professional that can say, actually, that means this, as opposed to being like, you know, you talking with your girlfriend, what are they going to say? Yeah, get back together with them. <laughs> they don't fucking know. That's what I do. I don't, I don't, I, I try not to give people advice when they're not fucking asking for it. So if they're like, yeah, me and Junior are going to give it a second go. I'll be like, oh, good for you, girl. I've, I've learned my lesson. I'm, I'm too old for this shit. And that's the end of the episode. Next week we see some growing pains in the relationship because like we said, they got the same fucking problems. It's just a different day. And, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's more to come. I think we talked, I think Ramona gets arrested. Yeah, so we get into Ramona's shit. Ramona gets arrested, her and her boyfriend. Um, and yeah, so, so and I said next week, but not next week, guys, not the next week, the week after that until then I'll see you guys.